0: Guys, before we get into this week's episode, I just want you to stop and come back to this episode in just a little bit. Before you even start into this week, go and look for Toil and Trouble, a podcast of the macabre on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you're listening to us right now. You will be able to find them also. Tori and Ash are funny and well-read in everything that they talk about, and I was asked to be on an episode which just dropped yesterday we talk about simulation theory and whether or not we're living in one and just go listen i'm not going to get too into it but it was an amazing time they are wonderful people and who knows maybe you've even found your new favorite podcast if you go listen because i've been a fan since episode one i highly recommend them they are the best okay thanks Morning, brunch time, lunch time, afternoon, dinner time, evening, night, whatever time of day it is, to be honest, to all of you wonderful, beautiful, lovely individuals who happen to have stumbled upon our little podcast. Hello! We're all in isolation still, and I was really hoping this would all be blown over, but, uh... Here we are. Here we are. I think we're in for the long haul, guys. Which, you know, kind of stinks, but... It's changing our lives, and it's just something we're having to adjust to. It'll all be fine in the end, though, because you know what? This thing might be passing like a kidney stone, but it's passing. Or at least it will.
1: I still feel like it's not moving fast enough. And I feel like a lot of people are losing their minds, like, really bad. Like, people are protesting.
0: Which is bananas to me. Like, you can't protest a virus. You can protest other people's actions, but it's a virus. It's not going to listen to you, okay? <laughs> it's just not. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. It's not a sentient thing.
1: And, and I get that. I mean, this situation sucks really bad. And. But you know people... what? It could
0: be worse. We could be in a hospital right now fighting for every breath. Yeah. But because we are social isolate... is it socially isolating, social isolating, whatever you want to call it, we're not we're not in a hospital. We're not fighting for our breath. We're not having doctors and nurses decide for us whether or not we're going to get to live because we're taking up too much time on their machinery. Yeah. So, I mean, I say we just keep doing this cuz I would rather be quarantined and healthy. I'm not going to complain about it anymore because you know what? It is what it is, and complaining's not going to change it.
1: No. And especially like I I get that this is driving people crazy. And
0: Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't use the word crazy because I don't I'm not a big fan of that word, but it is like, putting people in they've got cabin fever.
1: Yeah. But if you're collectively gathering up to protest against this
0: Then you're gonna be the ones in the hospital in a week or two fighting for your every breath. It's just you're kind of cutting off your nose to spite your face, as my mama would say. Yeah. And also, again, you can't protest a virus. It doesn't work like that, guys. It doesn't. You can protest your government all you want to, but all you're doing is making the matter worse and your government's gonna bear down harder on you by pro because you're protesting and keeping the virus from flattening with that curve. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I don't like, know. Like, if you want this to end sooner,
0: just stay home. We want Halloween back. We want it. Right now, everything's up in the air. So, everybody, please stay home so that way we can dress up like our ghouls and goblins and vampires and DD characters like we did last year and play a DD campaign one shot where I get to be a murderer again. What? Okay. But, good times, good times indeed. But seriously, guys, okay, that's all we're. We vented, we're good, we're done, we're moving on. Because that's not what crime and theory is about. We are about everything that's not normal, and while this virus is not normal, it's also not fun to talk about, so we're moving on. So, welcome back. And, uh, also, we're gonna take another break this week from talking about anything too serious. I mean, yeah, we're gonna talk about one person that dies, but it was a long time ago, and if it's any comfort, he probably most definitely would be deceased by the year 2020, So there's that. Uh, Anyway, if this is your first time here, welcome to Crime and Theory, a podcast dedicated to everything outside the parameters of normal. We are your hosts, Ashley and Erin. Woo! And I don't know if any of you guys follow us on Instagram, but if you do, search for Crime and Theory pod and click the follow button and we will have a nice good old time. And you can see that we have changed our logo to represent... What we want rather than what I want, because if you're not new here, you will have realized that Aaron officially, not officially, initially signed up for his co-hosting to be on a temporary basis, just kind of as a trial run.
1: Yeah, just to see how I felt about it.
0: Right, and last week we uh, had a conversation, and Aaron, you want to give the news?
1: You're stuck with me.
0: He's not going anywhere. Just like my marriage. Guys, you get to know what it's like to be me for a minute. I'm sorry. Ha ha ha. Not because of you. It's just if they know what it's like to be me, they know what it's like to live in this head. It's a mess up here, guys. But I'm glad you're staying. Me too. This is fun. Good. Even though we're having to fight for dominance over a microphone. (laughs) Because we're poor and we have one microphone. It's a good mic. I don't care. That's just more reason also, we're to not poor.
1: curl up together. Uh,
0: physical contact. <laughs> Don't they know? Does the government not know what you're doing to me? You come in here and hear him tell you, six feet, man, six feet. I think he's actually ten feet now. Oh, jeez. I know. We live together, though, but it doesn't count. That's the next
1: thing that I worry about. The government coming into everybody's homes and, like, measuring out perfectly, like, six to ten feet. it's
0: gonna be like that episode of, like, Full House or whatever from the 90s where the siblings have an argument and everything's taped right down the middle.
1: Yeah. And you're like,
0: like, which side do I get? Because, uh, we're gonna have to go to the bathroom eventually. yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would suck our apartment is
0: our bath both, both of our bathrooms, bathrooms are on our, the same side
1: someone's gonna luck out
0: and whoever gets both bathrooms also gets the staircase so access to upstairs so it's really i don't know why we're going on about this i'm sorry let's just let's stop moving on so Aaron, how was your week honey it was pretty good cool cool no more COVID talk no more COVID talk please <laughs> this is my my weekly break from the real world <sighs> And with that, um, we're joining a bunch of other people who might be taking a uh, lifetime break from the real world. I don't know. I'm not sure that I necessarily believe in aliens. I mean, I believe it's possible. Our universe is so vast and virtually endless that, I mean, what are the odds that we are the only planet in the entirety of space and time to have life on it? I, no. That is a
1: pretty good point to, to make. And I think that's a lot of points the... Cannot speak.
0: It's okay. I don't English well either. The Well... Sorry, hang on. I gotta adjust. Okay, we're good.
1: The, the logic a lot of people that believe in aliens and UFOs is how is it possible that we have this massive universe? Right. And we, one planet, and all of this is the only one that has any intelligent life
0: right it doesn't make sense also what are the odds that our planet in our solar system is the perfect distance but also the perfect closeness to the sun that it can support life like that's just it's bananas so yeah i think that there's definitely a possibility i just don't know that if there are indeed other like, alien life forces that they would have either the technology to come to us or even the desire to come to us. Because, I mean, I don't think we're that special. Yeah. But then again, they're special to us, so maybe it's the same thing if they do exist. So clearly, we're talking about aliens this week. Abductions and encounters. And attempted abductions, which is fun. I don't know what to say, I'm sorry. But I do know that we have researched until... Our eyes are crossed.
1: Boy, howdy. This is a massive, massive rabbit hole.
0: I wouldn't even call it a rabbit hole. Like, I feel like even a rabbit hole would end. Yeah. This is some kind of endless void of... It's not a void. Sorry, again English. It's like an endless, massive portal of alien stuff. So, we thought we were going to cram a whole bunch of stuff into this one episode and we've literally settled on three encounters and we're going to get into so much more as this podcast goes on and grows but for now we're going to like dip our toes into the shallow end of the pool and kind of ease our way into it because i'm not used to researching alien stuff and i'm kind of overwhelmed
1: Maybe step through the Stargate just a little bit.
0: I never watched Stargate, so I don't really understand the reference. I'm sorry. It's I told you, this whole alien thing is new to me. And I, like, I binge-watched season one of The X-Files for the first time in my life last week.
1: I mean, I, I grew up in my with my grandparents, and my grandpa really loved sci-fi. So that's where... Because he
0: has good taste. Yes.
1: So we would sit down... Every, when, when I was over, watching Stargate SG-1.
0: Well, I mean, when I was little and I would spend the weekends with my mom all, she would always watch uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. I just couldn't get into it. Then again, I was a kid. I was small. But, I, I don't know. Sci-fi never really interested me until very, very recently. I mean, I kind of had to ease into that world because I wasn't even into fantasy, really, until we started playing Dungeons and & Dragons and then... That kind of opened that gate for fantasy into sci-fi, and here we are.
1: I would say you really got big into sci-fi when we started playing, like, Fallout 4.
0: Yeah, I guess so.
1: Kind of opened you up into it.
0: But that's not really sci-fi to me, because it's genetic mutations. It's more just science.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: I mean, it is technically sci-fi, because it's science fiction, but at the same time... When I think sci-fi, I think outer space, aliens, laser guns, that sort of thing. Right. And even with Fallout, even though there are very few, but a couple of little references to aliens, if I'm not mistaken, and they have those laser guns, I always fight with, like, your normal, standard, average, run-of-the-mill weapons. I don't ever do anything special on those games that are sci-fi related, really.
1: No laser cannons for you.
0: Exactly. So... Really, only in the last few weeks have I really actually found sci-fi interesting.
1: We have binge watched a lot of Ancient Aliens.
0: That too. Oh, that one guy with the—that's the meme. Yeah. It's like aliens. That guy gets to me. And guys, when I say that we are going to cover a whole bunch more, I don't just mean alien encounters. I mean reasons as to why. Like logical reasons as to why people believe they were abducted by aliens that aren't necessarily aliens. We're gonna cover government conspiracies and cover ups because I mean, we're crime and theory. Come on, we're gonna cover, of course, more abductions and interactions, encounters, whatever. But right now, again,
1: this is like our introduction episode, to right?
0: This. Aliens 101, which is now the title of our episode. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, class. Aliens 101. Let's begin. Where are your professors? Ashley. Your turn.
1: Oh yeah, I am Professor
0: Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) Where are your professors? I'm more than one person now. You just (laughs) sit there, it's fine. All right, so let's get into it. being ridiculous today but you know what this one's a fun one except for the human who died and in that case that's not fun or funny or anything to make fun of and we're saving that one for last so we're gonna have fun for the next half hour or so talking about the shenanigans all right so first up is probably the earliest case of alien abduction ever like this information was compiled from buzzfeed.com and ufocasebook.com And this one is, uh, I want to say it's probably the most believable, but I don't know what you guys are going to think or what you're going to think, Aaron. Now, have you researched this one? Which one is? Colonel Shaw. A little bit. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit more than what you've written. On a night in 1896, I want to say it was November, I'll get to that in a minute, a colonel named H.G. Shaw was traveling in... I don't know if it's Lodi or Lodi. I I don't live in California, so I don't know. He was traveling from one city or town or whatever in California, or he was traveling in that city. Sorry, yeah, from there, it's fine. Uh, he was with a companion, and this was well before like Martian movies, alien abductions in mainstream media. 1896. I mean,
1: did we even have newspapers?
0: Yes, there were newspapers because <laughs> you had little people. Not not little people. Children. Sorry, I didn't mean to be not PC. I mean, like, they're tiny humans. They're children. Standing on the street corner going, extra, extra, read all about it. So, yeah, there are newspapers.
1: You can clearly tell how difficult it is for me to keep up with time and history.
0: It's okay. And when I say that this is probably the most believable, I'm not saying that other people can't be believed or shouldn't be believed. It's just that this encounter, honestly wouldn't have been as warped or influenced by other people or newspapers or...
1: Society. Right. Like, he had nothing to gain from.
0: Well, I mean, he might have had something to gain, but I'm just saying that if this really did happen, it wouldn't have been influenced by anybody but his imagination. And what are the odds of his imagination being this creative, okay? Because this colonel, he was on his merry way to something, some kind of event with his friend named Camille Spooner. And they were riding a horse in horse and carriage or on a horse with carriage, something like that. And suddenly the horse was like, whoa, dude, time for fight or flight. But if you don't understand that uh, there's a third option, this horse is about to prove it to you, and that's to freeze. He didn't fight. He didn't flee. He just stayed frozen on the spot. And so the two men in the carriage were like, hey, whoa, what's happening? and they uh they looked over and they saw three somethings
1: so the horse was like
0: WTF yes the horse was like what the fudge and they looked over and they were like whoa what the fudge so these three somethings or other uh sources say it's aliens so we're just going to call them that They were clocked in at about seven feet tall, or just over two meters. Holy crap. Yeah. They were super slim and bald, and these aliens are described as having a velvety down on their bodies. So, one of my best friends would absolutely hate them. (laughs) I would hate it too, but for a different reason.
1: Soft aliens.
0: I know. Here's my question, though, because no matter where I looked, I couldn't find out if these Aliens were wearing clothes, so maybe that velvety down was like some kind of clothing? Maybe. Maybe? Hmm? I don't know. But they were described by Shaw and Spooner as being strangely beautiful. Hmm. And these guys, by guys I mean in a gender neutral way, the aliens, were holding some kind of lamp which the which Shaw and Spooner said was way brighter than the average lamp of the time. And Shaw said that these guys communicated by warbling to one another like they were chanting or something. So they didn't speak our language. And these lamps or lanterns looked like they were lit by some kind of glowing mineral.
1: Okay, when you said they communicated by warbling, all Um, I can think of is... uh,
0: Tell me Sergeant Frog with their chant.
1: Well, I was going to say... When we were watching the uh is it Joe Joel Joel McHale?
0: Oh, Joel McHale, yeah.
1: His his show and those Oh, those, the Joel
0: McHale show with Joel McHale on Netflix, yes.
1: And those uh that clip of those guys no, singing no, that with no, their tongues. No,
0: nope, nope. We're not talking about that because I will cry in a corner. It freaks me out. No, thank you.
1: That's that's what I think of warbling.
0: Oh, that's terrible. Well now I hate these aliens. They're dead to me. So these aliens seem to be breathing through some kind of tube that they carried with them. So, wait, how can they communicate and breathe through a tube at the same time? Like, where was this tube put? I don't want to know. You know Uh. what? I don't want to know. And, I mean, they're carrying lanterns. They're carrying something that they're breathing through. I'm imagining that their hands seem to be kind of full. But Shaw still said that they tried to carry him away, but he was too heavy. And I don't know what that meant. I mean, either Shaw was a higher density of the than the average human, or maybe just gravity on Earth is different from what these aliens' home planet had. I don't know. They were fighting gravity as well as human density? I, I don't know. But either way, they couldn't carry him away. So, I, that's good for Shaw, I guess.
1: Yeah. All I can think of is, like, these aliens got here, and they're like, ah, oh, man, uh Tractor beam is down. Warble, warble. What are we gonna do? Warble, <laughs> warble, warble, warble. I guess we're gonna have to go on foot and and collect some samples. Warble, warble.
0: And so a hu a whole human is a a sample. Yeah, just a sample. Just
1: a, a sample. Oh, cool. Some human samples.
0: I got you.
1: Warble, warble.
0: <laughs> Can't forget that. No, that's very that's important how... communication. That's... Warble, warble. <laughs> Anyway, the creatures eventually gave up on trying to take Shaw and I guess Spooner away. I don't know. And it appeared to them as though these aliens were floating above the ground. And Shaw followed them to what was described as a, quote, large cigar spaceship or shaped spaceship in the air. That's an odd. A cigar shaped spaceship. That's a very long thing. Yeah. And completely
1: opposite of the what we typically hear as like a saucer.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, if you think about a large cigar shape, it kind of sounds like just a rocket ship.
1: Yeah, like more of like a cylinder shape.
0: Yeah. Well, not really a cylinder, more like a, well, cigar shape. Yeah. Yeah. But the aliens got into it. And they disappeared inside, and off they went. And Shaw apparently believed that these creatures and their ship had come from Mars, so they were Martians.
1: Or may- maybe that was... Maybe they got all the information they wanted on on this. Walk out there, find a human, try to pick them up.
0: Hey, this guy's like too a, heavy, we need to work on this ship to make sure that it can hold somebody as heavy as a human being. Yeah. The end.
1: Cle- clearly... Our technology, where we're at, we can only lift up small animals. There we, you go. We gotta, we gotta get our tractor beams fixed. Fixed. Warble, warble.
0: <laughs> I think that this case, and I mean, this man is obviously deceased by now because he was alive in the eighteen hundreds. And I don't want to say that he's a Lion McGuire pants because he's not here to defend himself. Honestly, I I don't know. I mean, even if he wasn't telling the truth, it's a good publicity stunt. I'll give him that. Especially since he was clearly one of the first people to even think of this. Because we didn't have really common quote-unquote alien abductions happening in the world until probably mid-20th century. Yeah. I got to adjust again. We're sitting in a floor. I'm not comfortable. Okay. So what do you think about that one?
1: Um, I mean, it could be that this guy might have had too many, uh, drinks.
0: You know, that's the thing. We don't know exactly, specifically where he was coming from. We know the city or town or whatever, but we don't know if he was coming from home or if he had been at a party and was drinking or or what you're right so i don't know but i also don't want to completely dismiss him and say hey he's just a lion McGuire pants and then not believe anything because i think there are things out there that we aren't meant to understand and that we may never understand it's true you ready for the next one always okay this one you're more well-versed in i think but you at home dear listeners might not be So, our next encounter is a full-blown abduction tale, and we got our information from ThoughtCatalog.com, ProofofAlien.com, and SupernaturalMagazine.com. Also, YouTube, because videos can be very educational, and that's where Aaron did his digging.
1: Yeah. I want to say it was from, let me look it up real quick. Oh, the actual channel? Yeah. Cool. It was the Infograph Graphics Show
0: infographic show okay cool all right guys picture it brazil october 16th 1957 i don't know if you can picture it because you might not have been alive at that point or even from brazil but hey you know anyway a man by the name of antonio villas boas i it's either villas or vias i don't know he was you know just minding his own business tending to his farm at night and yes I meant to say at night because it was too hot during the day and Boas decided to do his work at night when it was cooler and quieter. And I say, that's a smart man. Yeah,
1: I'm sure all all farmers would probably agree that that's the best time to do stuff when you're going to have to be outside for extended periods. Beat the heat.
0: Yeah, I mean... Sometimes you just can't, especially in the 1950s. I don't think they had big floodlights or anything that they could have utilized, but but definitely, you know, nobody wants to work in the heat. It doesn't matter who you are or what you're doing for a living. But to all the farmers out there, I want to take a minute to say thank you because you are doing something that I could never do and I have mad respect for your services. So thank you. Anyway, while uh, Boas was working on this particular night, he looked up and he saw this red star in the sky. Totally normal, Right. Everybody sees red stars every now and again. No, oh, big. definitely, definitely all the time. At least that's what he thought it was.
1: I mean, just uh, what was it, a couple of weeks ago? We had a we had a pink moon.
0: Right. Sure. Sure. So he thought that it was a red star, and then this light seemed to grow closer, and Antonio kind of freaked out a little bit. He was like, "All right, I'm not into whatever this is." I'm going to use this tractor that I'm riding, and I'm going to drive it off my land. It didn't work because his tractor stopped working. Almost as if something stopped it. Dun, dun, dun.
1: Maybe a little EMP.
0: Oh, good thinking. So anyway, his tractor died, and that forced him to get off of his tractor. And he was like, I'm just a human being. I am not going to be able to fight this, me with my my human body. So I'm going to run. And run he did.
1: Or at least he tried to.
0: Right. Because before he could get too far, he was caught by four humanoid creatures who dragged him back to their craft. Against his will. I feel like this should be a PSA about consent. (laughs) To humans and aliens alike. And as per usual, in pretty much all the alien abduction tales, Antonio was stripped down and these creatures took blood samples.
1: Though they from what I got, they took, not necessarily their time, but they were pretty gentle with him to make sure they didn't harm him in any way. Which is cool, but it
0: still would have been nice to have asked for permission. Yeah. And also, didn't they take the blood samples from his chin?
1: Yeah. They, what a they, weird They took place. it from his chin.
0: I mean, clearly they need to do more studying because they don't understand how our vascular system works. Yeah. And then the alien slathered him in some kind of jelly goop stuff which one source said that maybe it was a disinfectant
1: yeah that's what i got like they try to clean them up
0: but if that's the case why not do it before i don't know i just something feels off to me so those guys laying there all naked and stuff right again without his consent and then a female alien creature who he described as being rather attractive came in and uh, proceeded to procreate with our dear Antonio. Again, without his permission. How hard is it to just ask? Yes or no?
1: Of course. um, One source says that a gas filled the room and made him a little nauseous at first, and then it kind of acted as an act.
0: An aphrodisiac? Yeah. Well, even if that's the case, he wasn't asked if that was cool. So. Yeah. No. I'm not okay with this. Like, if you're gonna come from your little home planet, realm, wherever you're from, and you proceed to treat us like pin cushions and sperm banks and whatnot, you're not okay in my book. mm -mm. it's not that hard to ask for permission. I'm pretty sure there are plenty of people out there who would willingly try to help an alien race continue their lineage because, you know, they're kind people. Yeah, but I, you still have to ask.
1: I mean, someone out there wants to see human-alien hybrids.
0: I mean, I would like to see that, but I don't know that I would want to participate in that. No. Absolutely not. But, I mean, uh, there might be someone out there who would, but you need to ask until you find that right person. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And, of course, you know, they're aliens, so there was a language barrier, and after the deed was done, uh, this female alien tried to communicate with Antonio by moving her hands, touching her belly, trying to say, hey, guess what? I'm preggers now. Congrats to me. But you're not coming with me. I'm going back to my homeland and raising our human-alien hybrid baby by myself because I'm a strong, independent woman who also happens to uh, take advantage of human beings so, without their consent.
1: So clearly this must have been a whole different race of aliens because they did not try to communicate by warbling.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs> they weren't like <laughs> warble, warble. And also, I have to ask, what are the odds that an alien race would come from a different galaxy or whatever and be able to procreate with human beings the same way that human beings procreate with one another like that their anatomy would be the same
1: yeah because i mean and this is like my mind goes back to the our way way back scientists trying to understand alchemy where they tried to test procreation with Taking feet I wanna say they took fetuses and tried to implant animals with them.
0: Yeah, that's and I never knew that. Yeah. That is bananas.
1: And obviously that did not work at all. So how did these I mean, how do these aliens think that a whole nother species
0: would be able to procreate with them. That that's another thing. How did they know that their DNA was similar enough to achieve this? Exactly. And also, how do they not know that it would be like mating, what is it, a horse with a donkey to make a mule? Yeah. And, like, you know, mules are sterile. Yeah. So, how do they, do they think that this is going to be a sterile individual that they're producing now? Or, I don't know. I don't know. So, as a thank you, if you will, the rest of the aliens were like, here you go, sir, you can get dressed. Our, uh, procedure is now done. And as a special thanks... You'll be going home with the knowledge of what our ship looks like. Let us give you a tour. And so they gave him a tour of their ship. And Antonio, not being dumb, was like, nobody's going to believe me when I come back and tell them, so I need to take something with me. And he tries to sneakily take a souvenir. Well, these aliens must have multiple eyes because they caught him.
1: And they were not thrilled about it.
0: No, so they just dumped him back at home. They were like, eh! Stay out, but thanks for your reproductive organs that we were able to use. But here's the thing okay, so when he gets home, he's covered in burns on his body, he's extremely nauseous, he has lesions on his body, and he's having really bad headaches. And so he went to a doctor where he was diagnosed with radiation sickness, and he suffered the symptoms of radiation sickness for months after his quote unquote experience. And I've tried to look into whether or not he was near some intense amount of radiation via some kind of explosion or whatever, but I couldn't find any reason why he would have had radiation sickness. Mm -mm. And therefore, I can't really find a logical explanation as to why. And also, I don't think he lived alone on that farm and nobody else was affected.
1: That's true. I have two theories. What's that? Either one... That gel that they put all over his body—maybe oh. he had a very terrible allergic reaction, or two, or
0: maybe it was just pure radiation in that gel.
1: Yeah, that or space alien STD,
0: a space alien disease. All right. His doctor named what's it, Olavo? Olavo? Yeah. T. Fontes convinced Boas to go public in his with his encounter. And after, this is the craziest part to me, not the alien abduction, but after life settled down and it wasn't so sensationalized and his life kind of came back to normal, he went to college, became a lawyer, got married, had a normal human family, not necessarily in that order, but he did all of those things. And that's the weirdest part to me. Like you think, when you think of somebody, if you don't believe in aliens, when you think of somebody who's had an experience like this, you think, ah, he's just a rambling crazy man. But he's clearly not a crazy person because he went on to practice law for a living. Like that was his career, not farming. And lawyers, while I don't trust them, they're not stupid.
1: No. They have to have some level of a a high IQ to do that job.
0: Right. So that was it on Antonio. What do you think? Do you think he's telling the truth on that one?
1: Um, it's really hard to say because, I mean, it's so detailed.
0: It is really detailed. Now, here are some symptoms of radiation sickness. This is, it doesn't say that you're talking out of the side of your head or, you know, hallucinating, but it says nausea and vomiting, diarrhea, headache, fever, dizziness and disorientation, weakness and fatigue hair loss, infections, low blood pressure, but none of it says that you start seeing stuff that isn't there.
1: Right. I mean, half of that sounds like he needed to take some Pepto.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I Even without a side effect saying that it causes you to hallucinate, I still feel like I want to lean toward radiation sickness being the cause rather than a result.
1: Right. Like, maybe working on his farm, he came across some uh, dumped
0: radiation. I don't think it would have been that extreme. Because, again, the rest of his home wasn't affected by it. Like, I don't think he lived alone. I think he lived with his family, and they didn't have radiation sickness. Oh, yeah, you're right. None of that was ever reported.
1: And if... Especially, I'm sure they would have been eating the same stuff off their farm, and if none of them...
0: Or at least been physically near the radiation. You don't have to necessarily consume it to get radiation sickness. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that this was aliens, but I do know this is a really big mystery that has yet to be solved. Yes. All right, and lastly, while we are going to still be talking about aliens, obviously this one is our serious case. And I don't want to, is it do an injustice? Is that the right phrasing? I think so, yeah. I don't want to dishonor the memory of this man is what I'm trying to get at. Right. But at the same time, some of this stuff is just absolutely bizarre. And this last one was obtained from the official MUFON website or MUFON or however you want to pronounce it. And as a heads up, we are going to discuss this in a future Alien episode because we want to cover organizations and government projects designed to study aliens and whatnot but just for a quick rundown MUFON stands for the Mutual UFO Network and they dedicate time and resources to investigating and proving alien encounters and life outside of this world.
1: I think these guys are probably the most official
0: outside of our government.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So if you definitely want to do some alien research.
0: It's probably the best site for you. And also, they're not so quick to jump and say that everything is indeed an alien encounter. I think they actually try to debunk as much as they can as well. Right. So, lastly is the Mantel UFO incident. And this happened on January 7th, 1948. I'm sorry we did not go in chronological order of these events. <laughs> but this is only a couple of years after, well, almost a few years after the end of World War II, Captain Thomas F. Mantell crashed and died on the Tennessee-Kentucky border. And that in and of itself wasn't unusual on the surface, but the reason as to why he crashed was basically as bonkers as it gets. And there are some theories, conspiracy theories behind this also, which we'll touch on at the end. But we need to start with Mantell. For starters, he was a highly experienced pilot. This man clocked in 2,167 hours of airtime, and he was even honored for the part he played in the Battle of Normandy in World War II. So on January 7th, 1948, uh, on at Godman Field in Fort Knox, Kentucky, they received a report from the Kentucky Highway Patrol of an unusual aerial object near Maysville. This object was heading west, and this thing was circular and between 250 feet, which is about 76 meters, to 300 feet, which is about 91 meters, in diameter. People in both Owensboro and Irvington had witnessed this object, and I think the reason this one is such a huge deal isn't just because it's the only well, one of the only cases in which someone died during an alien encounter, but it had a massive amount of witnesses.
1: Making this a lot more legit.
0: Yeah, much more credible than just an individual like Boas, who was the only one with the encounter. And these aren't the only places where people saw this thing either. Like, this thing was even seen in Ohio. It's crazy. And around 1.45 p.m. in the Fort Knox control tower, Sergeant Quentin Quentin, I can't talk, Quentin Blackwell saw an object in the distance that is believed to have been the same thing everybody else had been seeing. Colonel Guy Hicks reported that the object was, quote, very white, and the size of it was about a quarter of the size of a full moon. I don't know if that means from his perspective. I would imagine so, because if it was actually the quarter of the size of our moon, we'd be in trouble. And it would take up a lot more space.
1: Yeah. Block out the sun.
0: (laughs) It's an eclipse. And I can't remember if uh, it was Sergeant Blackwell or if it was Colonel Hicks, but they viewed it through binoculars and they said that, oh, there's Magoo, And they said this craft seemed to have a red border at the bottom. It's not really relevant, but just a descriptive factor here. This thing kind of just stayed in place, or at least seemed to, for about an hour and a half. Which means that a lot of people were able to see it. And people who saw this thing from the Clinton County Army Airfield in Ohio saw the object as, quote, having the appearance of a flaming red cone trailing a gaseous green mist, end quote. And the craft stayed in their sight for over half an hour. So many people saw this thing.
1: That's a lot of eyes to say that this...
0: Especially when it comes to what the government says this thing was. Yeah. I don't buy it. An individual who saw uh, this craft from Lock- Lockburn? I guess it's Lockburn or Lockburn, Army Airfield in Ohio said, quote, "...just before leaving, it came to very near the ground, staying down for about 10 seconds, then climbed at a very fast rate back to its original altitude." 10,000 feet leaving off and disappearing into the overcast heading 120 degrees its speed was greater than 500 miles per hour in level flight end quote this is also contradictory to what the government will officially say it is later in this
1: yeah because there's no way
0: no So back to Mantell, he was already in the air with three other P-51 Mustangs of Sea Flight 165th Fighter Squadron, Kentucky Air National Guard. These four men were told to approach the object, and Sergeant Blackwell, that was in the tower, stayed in communication with the pilots throughout the entire ordeal via radio. One of the pilots had to back out pretty early on because he was already low on fuel and just couldn't risk it. So then there were three. And Air Force Captain Edward J. Ruppelt. Ruppelt? I, I don't do words right. It's fine. He recalled that the air traffic controllers had a disagreement about what Mantell said when he was in communication with the tower. And that dispute was if Mantell had said the object, quote, looks metallic and of tremendous size, end quote. Mantel and the other two pilots continued to pursue this object, and the two that survived, because clearly you already know Mantell does not make it, they claimed that they could not identify the object because it was too small, but they did not and could not deny that there was something in the sky with them, even if they couldn't identify it. The men were told to level their altitude and try to see more clearly. So these two guys did, but Mantell kept on trucking. The other two pilots, their names were Lieutenant Clemens and Lieutenant Lieutenant Hammond. And they called it quits at around 22,500 feet in the air, or about 6,900 meters.
1: I mean, that was pushing the limit. To where they could safely be up in the air.
0: Right, because at the time, they weren't really able to go any higher than 25,000 feet in the air. And I don't really know why. Did you find out if it was because of the craft itself or what happened to Mantel?
1: Um, I think it was because they would have started losing oxygen safe to breathe okay. safely.
0: Right, that actually adds up with what they say happened next. Um, so anyway, these two lieutenants, they decided to back off. They didn't want to push their luck, especially since Clemens was the only one with an oxygen mask and he was already on low supply. In low supply? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mantell was literally risking everything by pursuing this object and he risked and he lost. It was not a good gamble for him. The Air Force had reported that Mantell blacked out from hypoxia, aka lack of oxygen, once he reached twenty-five thousand feet. So that fits perfect with what you were saying. But some people still dispute this because.
1: Well, I think he actually clocked into thirty thousand. Did he? Yeah.
0: Oh. Well, he at least reached twenty-five thousand feet. Yeah, he. We well do know that above. And. It is reported, no matter what altitude he reached, that he blacked out from hypoxia, right? Yeah. Okay. Witnesses saw his plane start to spiral out of control, and it plummeted to the ground and crashed. And, obviously, he did not make it. He crashed at a farm, which was on the Tennessee-Kentucky state line, and when Mantell's body was pulled by firemen from the wreckage, they saw that his watch had stopped at 3.18 p.m. So we have an absolute time of death. And by 3.50, this UFO, because it is flying, it's an object, and it is unidentified, it was no longer visible from Godman Field. And the event was, of course, going to be sensationalized, especially with that many witnesses. And because of this, rumors started to swirl. One of these rumors was that Mantell's plane had not crashed out of natural causes. It had been shot down by the, F- the FBI. No, it had been <laughs> shot down by the UFO. Sorry. And that the Air Force had covered it up.
1: Yeah, they were saying that the UFO had shot at him with some kind of magnetic ray.
0: So, an EMP. A really strong EMP. Yeah, and another rumor was that when Mantel's body had been discovered, he was covered in strange holes. So, even if it was some kind of magnetic pulse that they shot down his ship with, if this craft did shoot him down... Not his ship. His aircraft. I can't talk! What's wrong <laughs> with me? Uh, if he was covered in strange holes, then that would have been proof that he was either exposed to something... That could have maybe caused radiation sickness, or he could have been shot down by something. But, of course, none of this has ever been proven. We don't know. But this human did exist. He did pursue something that many people saw and could not explain, and he died in pursuit. That much is true. And later, Project Blue Book, which will also be touched on in a future episode or future episodes... Uh, which was a government-funded
1: investigation,
0: I guess. Yeah, it was a government-funded investigation. They investigated this scenario, and they indicated that the object in the sky that Mantell was pursuing may have been a skyhook balloon, which is basically just a glorified term for a type of weather balloon. And what was it that you read, that the Navy was doing some kind of yeah. secret operation? Yeah, it was
1: a top-secret uh thing that they were using those balloons with um now they were able to put like dates to their balloon testings but they couldn't put a date on the doing a balloon test on this date
0: So they couldn't officially even tie it to that. Not only that, but think of the descriptions that witnesses gave. None of that matches to what a skyhook balloon looks like. And I'm going to try to find a picture of a skyhook balloon and put it on our Instagram page for you guys to look at. It does not match up at all. And I
1: don't see a sky, a balloon of any portion or size or whatever being able to Be up in the air, drop to the ground really quick, but...
0: And stay level. And stay
1: level, and then shoot back up into the sky. Straight up,
0: exactly. Or at 120 degrees. That's just too graceful to me for it to be something uncontrollable, like a skyhook balloon. Yeah. I I don't buy it. I don't know what it was in the sky, and I'm a skeptic about everything and everyone, but I don't know.
1: This sounds like a cover-up for sure.
0: I mean, something definitely happened, and something that we don't have enough information on to fully explain it away, And I'm, but I'm not going to say it's a Skyhook balloon. I don't buy into that for a minute.
1: Because balloons aren't meta- metallic looking either.
0: Well, I mean, you can have a Mylar balloon, which is very metallic looking, but Skyhooks weren't Mylar, if I'm not mistaken. I think they were just kind of your average, everyday, run-of-the-mill, plasticky-looking things. You know what? I'm going to look it up now. Absolutely not. This is a skyhook balloon. It looks like a it looks like one of those flimsy trash bags that are in public bathroom trash cans.
1: There's no way. There is
0: absolutely no way this could have been a skyhook balloon. So whatever it was still remains unanswered. We don't know anything about it and this man's death has I mean, at least give us a reason as to why he died. Obviously, we know why he died. He went too far in a plane that couldn't ha- his body couldn't handle it in. Yeah. But at least make his death for something. Give us the reason.
1: And not a cover-up.
0: And I'm not even blaming government on this. I mean, I blame government for everything, but I just, I think we need to know. Then again, with COVID-19 and the way people are acting, I don't think we could handle the truth. But a quote x-files the truth is out there even if it's not aliens the truth about this is out there somewhere we just don't have it yet so i don't know if these three have convinced me to fully believe in aliens i believe that there might be other species and other types of life on other planets obviously because we're one planet out of an infinite space however i'm not convinced that we have intelligent life that can manage to reach us at least not yet i don't know i don't know But I do want to know what you guys believe. First of all, Aaron, do you believe in aliens in general? I believe
1: that there's got to be something out there more than just us. Because it's really hard to fathom that we're just the only intelligent life in this massive universe.
0: Okay. Makes sense. I want to know. I want, I mean, honestly, I'm one of those people that is super skeptical, but I want to be convinced. So if you guys believe, or if you guys have any kind of alien encounters that you want to talk about, let us know. I mean, that's why we have our email address, crimeandtheory at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out anytime. Let us know about your alien theories, conspiracy theories, paranormal experiences, if there's anything you want us to touch on or talk about, or any Experiences you've had that you want to hear about on our show, you can reach us anytime, day or night, there. Or if you want to give us a follow and keep up with previous episodes, whatnot, you can follow us at, at Crime and Theory Pod on Instagram and Facebook, and Crime and Theory on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. and we have our contact information like our email if you forget, just Honestly, you can find everything on our Instagram page and just click on the highlight that says contact us. You'll have all your info there. I'm, I feel like we've been doing this for 14 episodes now. I'm not going to keep putting all of our information at the end of every episode. Just go to Instagram. All of the information is there. There we go. Yeah. And if you want to, you know, leave us a nice rate and review on iTunes, that would also be very lovely. And we would appreciate you very, very much. But more than anything, I really want to know, do you believe in aliens? And if so, why? Oh, I want to believe. Aaron, you got anything you want to say? Um,
1: uh, I'm excited to do more.
0: Alien research? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Especially binge-watching a lot of alien shows.
0: Gives me an excuse to binge-watch <laughs> X-Files and not feel guilty about it, so I'll take it. <laughs> and I guess that's it. I'm getting a bit of a headache, so I feel like I'm forgetting something. I think we, I think we covered everything. Well, class, you've completed your first credit on alien conspiracies, theories, and abductions 101. I changed the name of the class. Do you like (laughs) it? Yes. Okay, good. Don't leave me hanging. I need confirmation (laughs) that what I'm doing is okay, (laughs) Erin. All right, so stay safe this week. Don't get abducted because it doesn't sound pleasant.
1: But if you do, tell us about it.
0: And also, if you do, make sure that they get your consent before they do anything because rude and criminal. And as always, don't get haunted.
1: Warble, warble.
0: <laughs> we'll see you guys next Thursday.